Ah, hello. Welcome to Han Talks First. This is the podcast you're looking for, a Star Wars podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in Star Wars. I, of course, am your host, Han. And welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I see a couple have joined us live already, so we're going to have a lot of fun today. It's been a week since our last live stream. It's weird adjusting to this new schedule, but um, I'm glad you guys could join us today. And thanks for supporting this channel. If you are new and watching Han Talks for the first Han Talks first for the first time, welcome. Uh, we do shows, live shows every week here. Every Monday, we're live on the channel, and we have two episodes that come out a week here. And a very special one coming out tomorrow, actually. So you'll have to stick around and enjoy that. You can find me on social media at Han Talks First, where you can get all the updates and see a little bit more about my life and learn about me. And if you, of course, haven't subscribed yet, please consider subscribing. It helps out the channel so much. We are growing every day, and I love it. And then, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, you can also see this on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast, everywhere you can listen to podcasts, your podcasting app of choice, you can find us if you can't always make it for the video. So that'll be up there later today. Uh, like I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of great news, a lot of great topics, and of course, the big one being this right here. We're going to talk about the Star Wars Marvelification of possibly their future for the franchise. So a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. And of course, I am joined by a guest today. Before I bring him in, I want to let you guys know that uh, I've been posting about it and letting you guys know that me and my girlfriend, we re we previously did the WandaVision after show where we discussed the new WandaVision series and talked about it, reviewed it. Well, WandaVision's over. So what are we going to do now? Well, Han Talks First is still going to cover Marvel stuff. This Friday, March 19th, we are talking about the new Falcon and Winter Soldier show, and me and Chris will be doing an after show for that as well. Here is some of the promo material for that. So you're not going to want to miss it. We have a great time watching these shows, and I think you'll enjoy listening to our commentary as well. And just so you guys know, if you are interested, there is a tipping option for this show. You can go to streamelements.com slash hontalks first slash tip if you want to support us and you know possibly buy me a coffee or a lightsaber or anything like that. If you're considered joining the team, you can join the Patreon page, also linked down below. And later today, I'll tell you about our sponsor for the video and how you can get a free 30-day trial from Audible. So uh, another quick thing I would just want to mention again, you know, last week I was featured in the Los Angeles Voyage magazine. And if you want to find that interview, you can actually see it online. And it was a great talk I had with them. And uh, a lot of great stuff you can learn about the channel and kind of my background and how I got started in this. So uh, that is linked below as well if you want to check that out. And if it's not, I'll put it in the chat here in a second. And also, let me see here. So there is also, I've been talking about it over and over, but I have a very special interview coming tomorrow with a beloved Mandalorian warrior. One of the very first characters or character actors for the character Sabine. And her name is Yessie Riviera. And she will be in the studio tomorrow. I'll be sitting down with her and interviewing her, talking about her experience with Rebels and Lucasfilm and Disney and kind of how the whole Sabine Wren character got started. And you're not going to want to miss it. We had a great conversation. So be sure to stop by and see that as well. 
So I'm going to go ahead and bring in my guest here. He's he's been on he was on our 100th episode, and this is his official entrance into Han Talks. First, so I'm glad he could be here today. This is Luke from on the Press. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. Go say hello to the chat. Um, yeah, got a couple people joining us. So I'm glad uh, yep, yep, yep. I could be here. So we you were on the 100th episode. Yes, I was. And I while it was a fantastic show, had a lot of great it was very laid back, very chill. We kind of just talked about everything that we wanted to. And so I consider this, this the first official appearance of you on the show. So I've been on so your cool. podcast before. Tell people about your show, where they can find it, and kind of how you got started. And also share with them your Star Wars story. That's Josh in the chat, Luke and Han together again. Um, <laughs> uh, I start the podcast the first week of the new year. Um, and the name just kind of, it sounds really cheesy, but the name just kind of could come to us. I just kind of thought, oh, hot off the press. Oh, that's a great name. Hot off the press. Um, and then I did the frantic, frantic searching on Reddit and Twitter and everywhere to make sure it wasn't taken. Um, there's one or two other Hoff-related podcast names, and I've messaged them. It's you know, a nice game, wink. Um, but no, it's just, I just, it's just a show. Like my sister was like, oh, you could do a podcast. There's not anything like like mega can just be a conversation it could be 20 minutes and that was the goal 20 minutes a week or 30 minutes but then as as the tangents go um you can talk for ages about star wars the conversation can be endless um before i tell you about star wars i've been obliged in the chat with remedy lives um if anyone can find sure that luke doesn't take a swig of tea on getting time back um remedy lives birthday was at the weekend um He's 21 again, and happy birthday to him. And he's had the vaccine as well, so that's good. Um, but no, this the podcast is just like like conversation. Um, there's a lot of heavy politics around Star Wars, and a lot of divided opinion. And I like to, I kind of before I have a guest on, I do like to scan them out just to make sure they're not. <laughs> just because people can right be people, you know what I mean? Um, exactly. Give someone a platform and they become serious all of a sudden. Um, but no, just kind of light-hearted, uh, not done, not too heavy, not too just about the about the galaxy, about Star Wars. Uh, so how did yeah, you? Because uh, you reached out to me a while ago. How did you find Han Talks first? That's a good question. I don't know. Probably the retweet. Probably the like. And then I had to check 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 it out. Um, um, and then I just liked the informal conversation. I think's really good. A lot of podcasts can be overproduced or kind of a bit too, as the phrase goes in the UK, try hard. Um, people try and too hard almost. Um, and I just like the informal conversation where there's a little bit of structure, but it's not kind of so rigid you can't go off a tangent. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Uh, which is another reason why I like your show. So if you are new, if you are new to Luke from Hoth Off the Press, you guys should go check it out. I will link it in the description of this podcast. I want to call out some people in the chat. We have Remedy Live, as Luke said, Mr. High Ground, Lando from Sith Talkers, Josh Anderson, and Aisa Salacious Rum. Welcome, Josh. Yep. Um, this is awesome. A lot of great people here. So. If you have questions or thoughts, throw them in the chat. We will get try and get to all of them as as we can. And of course, we're gonna our main topic today is the whole MCU of Star Wars, which um, 
we're going to kind of just talk about randomly. Uh, we do have an outline today. We're going to talk about some news and talk a little bit about George Lucas himself. And But before we do all of that, we're going to hop into our first segment of the show, as we do every Monday, Star Wars Replay. Enjoy. Star Wars Replay. Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1971, Alec Tudyk, who plays K2SO in Rogue One, was born. In 1977, John Williams concludes conducting and recording A New Hope's score. In 1978, Leia Brackett, the writer of the first draft of The Empire Strikes Back, passed away after a battle with cancer. In 1992, John Boyega, who plays Finn in Star Wars, was born. And finally, in 2000, the real-time strategy computer game Star Wars Force Commander was released for PC. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next Monday to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. Lots of great stuff happened this week. If you want to find out what events happen next week, come back on Monday. We do Star Wars Replay every week here on the show. Uh, Lando says, hello there, my friend and chat. Hope everyone's doing awesome today. I hope you guys are too. I hope you had great weekends. I certainly did. It was very lazy. You know, we had the time change and it actually really screws with my schedule because I am not a morning person at all. And it's also really cold in LA, like shockingly cold. It was down to 42. Uh, Wait, that, what's cold for LA? See, I know because you're across the pond. So you're We're probably in the North like, England. <laughs> it, it was 46. I mean, it's supposed to be like around 75 Definitely all the time, but for some reason it's seven. Really yeah, cold. seven's not too seven. Seven for me is going like seven Celsius. That's got I can have my heating off comfortably. That's fine. <laughs> okay. uh, thank you, Josh, for uh, congrats, congrats on the article. Thank you for that. Remedy Live says this is the way. This is the mm-hmm. way. I'm glad you could join us here today. Salacious Rome and the Monkey Lizard Army are dropping in to say hello, Han and Luke. Well, hello, Salacious. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm always, it's always a pleasure watching your streams as well, so thanks for being here. If anyone can find a show that Luke doesn't take a swig of tea, I'll give them 10 euros. I got a free pack of tea bags today in the post. I was very excited. Oh, that's always like good. A, they take a home deliver tea and biscuits company, um, and they give us a free one. That's a lot. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm just going to accept the free, and then that's it. You can't. You can never turn down free tea. I, I love tea. I have this subscription for me and my girlfriend. Have this subscription where they send you every month. They send you about seven different types of tea, and they send new tea every month. It's amazing. It's really great. So, let's hop into some news, yeah, because we have yep, some yep. exciting stuff happening, and. Let me find my note here. So first off, I think the big one is, you know, everyone was talking about Kathleen Kennedy, the the comments that were made at the investors or shareholders call by the CEO. And he pretty much, someone asked, her, like, are you going to fire Kathleen Kennedy? And are you going to promote Dave and John to, uh, you know, run Lucasfilm? And he was pretty much like, no, uh, we're happy with her work and she's going to be here for many more years. And everyone's been talking about it. Everyone's been complaining about it. There's, there's a whole bunch of... It, it seems like everyone's shocked by this. And I'm honestly not shocked by it. I think... While I do think they appreciate her work, they're happy with her being employed there, and they offer her you know, tenure pretty much, 
I still think Kathleen Kennedy is going to want to go off and do other things within the next one to two years because let's face it, she's a creator. And when you stick to the same thing over and over and over it, you, you lose that itch, you know? And I think, I think, I don't think she'll be at Lucasfilm for five more years. My, my hypothesis is she'll probably be there like another two and then she'll pass it on to someone else. But Luke, what do you think about this news with Kathleen Kennedy still running the show? Uh, it didn't surprise us. I mean, the Mandalorian's success shows you can have her where she is and have John and Dave, like I know them, John and Dave, my good buddies, John and Dave, like <laughs> leading, like running the Mandalorian. And there's still a success. Um, with anything, there's always missteps and it takes a while to get <laughs> to the point. I mean, look at the amount of Marvel movies that were out before or superheroes that were out before the MCU. If there were, if there wasn't those, if you if you like some letdowns, we couldn't have got Iron Man and the MCU because they, they, they knew where to go. The new, like the the had to avoid X Men Three, for example. They couldn't have one of those again. Um, right. And the, but you need X Men Three, you need X Men Origin Wolverines to go. Hmm, not working. Let's reapproach and let's have this flesh that universe. Um, so I think with Star Wars. For me, nine is the misstep, but you need that nine to then go, wait a minute, not quite working, we need things to, and I think Mandalorian's going to help flesh out the story points in nine and the psychology, there's not going to be a world between worlds, otherwise that'll just dismiss the work that goes into it, so, I mean, just even people on the costumes or the script supervisors or whatever, just people who are on the sidelines, the... To have to have the sequel trilogy kind of decanonized would be a kind of disservice to people who worked on the movies. Definitely, hundred percent. And Kathleen Kennedy's been in this industry for thirty years, thirty forty years. She's worked with Steven Spielberg. Um, she knows she knows the business, and she knows that you have to be able to swing the needle more than maybe people like to then take it back to where it needs to be. And the Mandalorian, you wouldn't have got the Mandalorian if we didn't get the devices at eight and nine. Um, you wouldn't have I think Mandalorian is the kind of oh this is what we need TV show slowly progress the characters and the story points that kind of thing yeah I agree uh, some other people are saying uh, well hello Max thanks for joining us um, Remedy Live says 8 and 9 are no good oh, this is a no I good guess. I'm kind of with I'm kind of with you buddy um, Salacious no says good. you will want to go out on a high after a big success. I agree. Uh, now, is are you considering a success with the fans or a monetary level? Because technically, every film except Solo has been a success for her. Mm. And here's the thing. Even if Kathleen Kennedy hates Star Wars, they would still let her run Lucasfilm because she is a producer and it it doesn't... For them, it doesn't matter how much she likes Star Wars or if she knows about the information because she'll just, she's making profitable films. We'll talk a little bit later about the actual monetary value of the sequel trilogy and other movies, but it's gone way over $5 billion at this point. And that's profit. So they've made back also their money that they used to buy Lucas from, from the start. So um, Josh says, what is. What's Star Wars? <laughs> I, like I don't know, man. Moment, even if it's one, you'll find Luke venturing outside in cargo shorts. Lads from the northeast feel us. This is true. Uh, I wear cargo shorts all weather. 
when I was in uh, college, we had a rule that, well, it wasn't my rule, but someone in my fraternity said no one was allowed to wear cargo shorts because they were reserved for the army only. And he was like, he's a big army guy. And for some reason, <laughs> that face. You said that? A guy that was in my fraternity. It, I know it's it's not right, but that was his belief. <laughs> I would wear cargo shorts, and then I would knit a t-shirt out of cargo pants, and wear that, <laughs> and then a cap that's a cargo material, and be like, "I'm my own army." You have like thirty this. pockets on your body. Yeah. <laughs> what a pen here, you go. Exactly. Max says, "I know unpopular opinion, but I'm happy that Kathy stays because I really like every Disney Star Wars, and the chance that we get Ryan's trilogy is higher than I think." I agree with you. If she stays, Ryan's trilogy is probably more likely to happen than if it was another successor. And I'm glad you like all the all the Disney Star Wars. That's really good to hear. I, I'm really jealous of that, and um, so it's good for for people like you. Josh says, I agree. She will wait for Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett to blow up. Yeah, kind of going off what Salacious is saying. She wants to go out on a high note, you know? Mm. And uh, Book of Boba is going to be massive. What do you think is going to be more massive as far as the fan reception between Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan Kenobi? Ooh. Ooh. Because, I mean... top my favorite episode of mandalorian is boba one when he gets his arm back so it's a difficult one because the boba book of boba fett the mandalorian is like united fans it's a university loved mostly i think yeah so book of boba fett because of that association might win the day but then obi-wan kenobi's gonna have a fan base anywhere i mean obi-wan kenobi i cannot tell you how excited i'm for that me too. It's interesting because you'll probably get more of the older fans going for Book of Boba and more of the younger fans going for Kenobi since they were of two different generations. Mm. And I think Obi-Wan will be will be the, the show that'll be really hard to beat for Star Wars. I think that's going to be the big one. I think the, the prequels have gotten this new... Because again, the the people who love the prequels have grown up and the fan base is online. So Kenobi's going to have this. I think it's going to be, I mean, hopefully by then the conventions are open and the stars of those shows are going to drink, drink, sweet convention money. Um, and you'll be able to see people. But Kenobi says, Remy Live, Remy Live has said, Kenobi, Kenobi may be dangerous for people with high conditions. I agree. Um, <laughs> I agree. Uh, Kenobi is one of those shows where I want to wait for it to end to binge it, but then I know I want to not be able to wait. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for Kenobi, but 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 I think the Book of Boba might just win the day in terms of reaction because of how that end credits on Mandalorian with Boba in the throne. It's unbelievable. That is true. It already has that built of momentum because of Mandalorian, so that's something to consider as well. So the other we got a couple other bits of news here before we get into the main topic. The other one was, of course, I'm sure you guys have heard Benedict Cumberbatch just denounced the theory that he was possibly going to be Thrawn in Star Wars in the future. Pretty much said he wasn't interested. 
mainly because he doesn't want to go through a a routine of makeup and blue skin dye every day going to work because of his children. And he says he wants more time with them. I don't really understand the the difference of that. It just sounds like he's not interested in playing Thrawn, which I never thought he was. A lot of people did. It was just in the rumor mill, you know, but um, he just he just announced that right away. What are your thoughts on that, Luke? I didn't know that was the reason. I just kind of saw. I mean, talk about first world problems and not wanting to go makeup. I appreciate being with your family. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I'd be like, right, kids, pack your bags. Go on a trip to a trailer in a car park, and you're gonna work with the makeup one. And you're gonna sit here with your coffee and wait for me to end the day, and then come back and clean the makeup off. Because there's no way me as an actor, if I had children, that I would miss out. I would have to like my kids field trip. I'm gonna play a blue guy. Um, <laughs> homeschooling for the next six weeks um, but uh, like I mean is it really arduous to sit there and have your face painted and then sit there and pretend to be an alien and then sit there and get your face cleaned off I mean again he's a family man and that's laudable it's a reason you can't argue with maybe he's chosen that as a reason because yeah. you can't argue with it Um but again, I mean, after his portrayal of Khan, we can do without him. <laughs> I mean, Khan does sound like Thrawn a little bit. Thrawn! Um, I mean, he looks like him. But again, there's like Michael Fassbender and there's also the guy, Lars Nilsson, who could play him. Um, yeah. See, the thing is, though, like, I don't even think that was a valid excuse. I definitely think he's just not interested because if they do Thrawn, they're just going to put dots on the guy's face and just CGI the skin color. I don't think they're actually going to spend time painting him. They do a vision. It's a new one. That's true. They And then they also did the same with the Soka as well. So it, it's possible. But if did I was that, like with the Soka. What did they do with the Soka? I thought it was just makeup. Painted her her skin. Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought you meant like did dots on her face. And CGI. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's kind of the counter to my argument. Mm. But I think by the time they do Thrawn, it'll be years from now. And they, they could possibly rely on the tech a little bit more at that point. Max says, I'm hyped about both, but more for Kenobi than the. But I like the original trilogy more than the prequel trilogy, actually. All three prequels are my least favorite Star Wars movie, but I like them. The prequels are your least favorite. Wow. Hot take. Interesting. <laughs> Hot take. Interesting. I didn't know that. Thanks for sharing. Okay, you read Remedy's comment. I think the I think they will cast Lars Mickelson as Thrawn because he spoke with in Rebels, I think, and there are rumors that he will play him in live action. Yeah, there's those rumors too. I want to suggest one other, one other possible Thrawn actor of choice. Actually, I'll say it later when we get to that topic. I'll, I'll let you know who I'm who I think could play a good Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other bit of news, real quick, going to try and get through these. Uh, it was recently we learned that Kanan from Star Wars Rebels was actually supposed to die in the end of season two. Now, if you haven't watched Rebels, this is kind of spoiler territory, but in Rebels season two, during the fight with Maul and Darth Vader, he was um, blinded uh, in the combat. And originally he was supposed to be killed similar to the way of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy and Dave Filoni and um, Freddie Prince Jr. That's his name. They 
they came together and they were like, you know what? He should actually stick around and we should have him continue to train Ezra um, because it's not his time to die yet. And personally, I'm glad they kept him around because I think his actual death in the end of the series was beautiful. And it would have been a completely different show if Kanan had passed that early on. Now, you watch Rebels, right? Yes. I love this. So what, what would you have thought about Kanan kicking the bucket that early on? I mean, for us, obviously, season two, the finale is crazy. You, you see Maul's, like, frosty when he takes out the Inquisitors. Um, and you have the duel with you have the duel with Ahsoka and Veda. Yeah. Um, which is, like, impactful in itself. Was this, like, an alternative finale? Because I think it would have worked if Veda and Ahsoka didn't fight. Um, um, but I, I think he's definitely for yeah. season two. Yeah. Ruins is. When his eyesight yeah. comes back. Done. <laughs> Rebels is so great. The more I the more I talk about it on the show, the more I want to watch it. And of course, again, a reminder for you guys tomorrow, 9 a.m. I interview Jesse Riviera, the first Sabine Wren actor. So check that out. It's a great time. And we'll possibly have her back for a live show in the future. The other bit of news, this is kind of spoiler territory. So if you don't want spoilers for Mandalorian season three, mute the podcast for about two minutes. I'm going to give you um, basically some new characters that were added according to a casting leak from the people currently casting the, the new series. So there are two new characters being added to season three. The names they are given on the casting list are Drash and Scad. Now, they're both British-sounding supporting characters. One's a male, one's a female. They're supposed to be in their late teens, and they're supposed to be siblings. And it's quite possible that they are going to be a younger version of some of the current characters in The Mandalorian, one of which being Pedro Pascal. And to back up this theory, Pedro Pascal actually confirmed that season three will be jumping time periods and it won't be so continuous in its storytelling or linear and it will include possible flashbacks. So this is interesting, you know, because it's the first bit of news we really have about season three. Did you hear about this, Luke? I had no idea. <laughs> no idea? No, I don't know. No idea. That was, that's interesting. Though. I like that. I like that because season two was such a kind of breakneck speed that to have this kind of almost sabbatical and just kind of get get to know the characters a bit more from when they yep. were younger, that would be quite cool. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not a fan of this non-linear storytelling as far as like backstory goes. When mm. it comes to television, I like what season two did. Each mm. episode's an individual story, has this running thread through it all that kind of builds up to one storyline eventually. But I I really don't like when tv shows dedicate like a whole episode to a backstory like lost for example did you ever watch lost oh, i watched lost man. i, I know what you lost. mean not a whole episode but like maybe 10 minutes to put context and then continue but lost would do 35 minutes of yeah. backstory and then five yeah. minutes and find out next week why this is important and you're like what right and then but i mean season one did it pretty well when they showed him as a youngling for like mm. two minutes escaping yeah. those droids that's i'm okay with signals. you know but when they're bringing in these as it says in the cast listing supporting characters 
they're probably going to have a big part of the story. And it could not be a younger version of Din Djarin at all. It could be someone completely different. But this is, as of right now, how it is being reported. And of course, it all could be di- misdirected by, by Disney themselves. Oops, I knew that was going to happen. Ooh, what if we see? Imagine if we see like separatists coming to Mandalore or wherever Din's from. And then, like, seeing a young Dooku, oh, I'd lose my mind. mind. That would be really cool. I'd lose my mind. Ah, who would you have? Hugh Weaven as a young Count Dooku. As a young Count Dooku? Yeah. You would have Hugo? Yeah. Uh, I don't know who I would choose, man. That's kind of tough. Hey, guys in the chat, who do you think would make a good young Count Dooku? Let us know, and we will share your thoughts here. Very curious to see. Robin. (laughs) <laughs> robin mcfly is here thanks for joining probably not din because of the accent also hello there hello there. hello thanks for joining um while you guys are thinking about your possible acting or actor choices i'm going to move into the last bit of news here and this is regarding the rise of skywalker so Jonas sutamo i think that's how you pronounce it the actor who played chewbacca in the sequel trilogy has confirmed in his new book, My Life as a Wookiee, that they actually filmed a certain deleted scene from the Rise of Skywalker concept art. And that scene was the torture scene of Chewbacca when Kylo Ren was torturing him. Now, I remember seeing this concept art and being like, that's cute, like it looks cool, but they would never put that in the movie, but they actually filmed it. And... I would love to see this deleted scene, but here's the excerpt from his book itself. So it says he describes a torture scene that was filmed as a very intense and very tough for him, both as Chewie's actor and also mentally because Adam had psyched himself to be a real monster through it all with the cameras on or off. Adam didn't take at all, didn't talk at all during the breaks, even though at this point the actors were otherwise friends And Jonas says Adam was so convincing in the deleted torture scene that he was at times actually scared. And he believes the scene might have turned out too dark for the film. Perhaps the transformation of Kylo Ren into Ben Solo would also have suffered with such an inhumane act that some viewers would see it as unforgivable, even though he ended up saving the entire galaxy. I kind of disagree i still believe at this point in time with everything that happened in the sequel trilogy kylo ren's character is irredeemable i don't think he should have turned to ben solo at all i think his crimes were of too, <laughs> so ridiculous too high. i think you're right it is if my niece was to meet somebody and be like oh yeah he killed his dad no wants to run the world and be a dad like mm, unmatch him um the concept art is really cool. I'd love to see that. I would love to have seen that. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think it would have been too dark. I think it would have been uh, kind of a, a disservice to the viewers because they already had his fake death. And then they're going to do this and still allude to another fake death. And it and it's also Chewbacca, you know? like I would not ask. Said I would love to see it. I would love to have seen this. I would love to see yeah. Star Wars go like dark, 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 dark. Yeah, I think sometimes it needs that, you know, because um, that's kind of how the original trilogy was as well at times. 
Yes, Josh says, I would love to see that scene. They said it was super dark. Definitely. Uh, hopefully they'll release it at some point and we can actually check it out. I like the backstories and different flow for the Mandalorian. They just give way more context and background to the characters that gives us something new from the show. That was from Lando. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for sharing, Lando. Uh, by the way, Lando is from Sith Talkers, the Star Wars podcast. He just did a uh, 100 episodes, so go over there. Check out his show. I was on his 100th episode. I've done other shows with him as well, and he's been here and great collaborator, and you guys will definitely enjoy his work. Let me look at the chat here and see. Talisha has got a good comment on the scene. Okay, I'll get to it. Remedy says that scene would have made the film slightly more better. I think it would have been de- definitely very interesting and unexpected. Max says, I hope that they will release the deleted scenes at some point, but maybe the movie wouldn't be PG-13 anymore if they left it in. So it's interesting. Actually, even if they decapitated Chewbacca, let's say, if that was part of the script, it would still be PG-13 because Chewbacca is not a human. If that was done to a human, it would get an R rating. But the way the MPAA uh, rates movies is based on if acts of harm or harassment are being done to a human or an alien species. And if it's an alien, they're allowed to get away with it with PG-13. So thanks for sharing that. I hope I drop some knowledge on you. <laughs> they should have held the suspense on his death longer in the film. I agree. Uh, I was a little disappointed that they kind of faked this out with that, but I think if they'd have held it out a little bit more, it would have created some depth for like Ray and some of the other mm. characters to motivate to go after him. I think just that? as a viewer, um, the two plot points to take out of that movie is Chewie's fake death and C-3PO's wipe and then non-wipe and then wipe the language Sith. Take those two out and there's less kind of the filler. Um, yeah. Definitely. They could have stormed the Star Destroyer for to find out there was the antenna needed to shoot the aerial down to get rid of the fleet signal. Yeah. Just so, you know what I mean? Just just something. Just keep it. There's this like Mandalorian and workloads kept simple, but it's really good storytelling. They try and cop the JJ had the end trilogy, but he still did his mystery box, mystery box writing. He loves his mystery box. The- mm-hmm. <laughs> I see that comment now. Salacious says, I think Chewie torture scene would probably be too much of a fire hazard because that's closure for Kylo and Chewie and also Han in a way because it's Han's. Like first mate, it's like if like Chewbacca was kind of like oh, my son, brother. He's not his pet. Do you know what I mean? Kylo could could have hinted at the jealousy Kylo had for Chewie. Yeah, and where Han's affection was. Yeah, it would have been a nice kind of parallel between those those two relationships. Uh, I'll read one more here and then we'll move on to our next topic here. So Max says, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest that Kylo was good at the end, but, but the point that he has done too many dark things isn't really good in my opinion, because Vader turned out good as well. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. You Mm. know, Vader, if you're comparing the two, according to my statement, Vader is irredeemable as well. But, um, so that's a good, a good point to, to make there. Okay, so that's it for the news today. If you guys know anything else that happened, you know, let it let us know in the comments. We'll talk about it. Um, that's all I could find today. 
I do want to move into our first main topic before we get into Marvel. And that is about George Lucas. So as you all know, George Lucas sold Star Wars, <gasps> shocker, in 2012. And this is coming, this whole information on his current investment in Disney and Star Wars is coming to us from Brian Warner from, uh, I believe it's Forbes. Um, but he wrote this fantastic article about the current state of his investment with Disney and his shares in the company. And I wanted to share it with you here today. So here's a little picture of George celebrating in his reigning money. So on October 12th, of course, it was announced in 2012 that George Lucas reached an agreement to sell Star Wars for $4 billion. But it wasn't all cash. George actually opted for half cash and half of a stock deal. And technically, the deal was for 55% cash and for 45% stock, which equals to $2.2 billion cash and 37 plus million shares of Disney. That's insane. Now, because of that, he went on to become the second largest individual shareholder at Disney, right after Lawrence Jobs, who is the widow of Steve Jobs. As of right now, George Lucas represents 2.1% stake in the company of Disney. That's incredible. Now, he hasn't sold any of his shares yet. A lot of people theorize and say that he has, but he has not. He currently still is in possession of all of them, and they've been gaining interest. They started at $87 a share, and they now equal $200 a share. And his amount currently is worth $7.4 billion. <laughs> Austin Powers money? Like, exactly. <laughs> Hold up the pinky. So he has, in addition to that, also been paid dividends twice a year since 2013. That means on top of that, he gets an extra $32 million twice a year on top of everything else. So currently, as of right now, with all the cash, with the dividends, with his stock, he currently has a net worth of $10 billion, which was originally perceived as only four billion so he has really done well with his money we all know he's a businessman i mean he was able to do the merchandising stuff back in the 70s now what is he going to do with all this money well he has said that he's going to donate a very large majority a um fortune's worth he says to charity before he dies which is understandable i mean he has done philanthropic uh, stuff all in the past before and so it's no surprise there now fun fact let's say if back in 2012 he negotiated all of his you know selling of the company to be in disney shares if he did that if he did 100 percent shares he would currently to this day be worth 16 billion dollars six billion away from 10 which is where he's currently sitting but still it's interesting to think about and it just it just goes to show how smart he is and how good of an investment he made by doing half cash, half half shares. Um, again, I just thought this article was interesting. It, I love hearing about kind of the numbers of it all. And I'll get your thoughts on this, Luke. But before we do, if you guys are interested in learning more about Star Wars currency, financing, all that kind of stuff, I did an episode a few weeks ago all about Star Wars money. Go check that out. We talk about 
who's the highest paid actor is. We talk about how much the movie's made and a bunch of other stuff like that. So go check that out as well. So Luke, what do you think about all this info with George and his, his current net worth? That's insane. It proves how the foresight he's got in in terms of... <laughs> I've never seen that picture before. Um, in yeah. terms of like just being able to, to, to see where it's going to go. He knew the movie was going to come out and add value. He knew he was going to get some sweet, sweet payout. Um, it's such a, to me, it's, a, it's an insane amount of money that we're talking. Right? It's insane. I, I'm ne- I'm never going to see that amount of money in my entire life, you know? It's, it's like the benefit of the perks of financial side of Star Wars, but he's, he's not had to do any of the... Maybe he's had to give notes on directing you know, faster and more intensity. Um, but, like, he can just sit now and just the money comes in and he can buy a yacht or whatever and donate to, donate to calls or donate to schools. And he'd probably do some kind of film fund for COVID. Like, do you know what I mean? Some... I, I think it'll help. Yeah. That. Um, and if 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 Dolly Parton can donate for the vaccine, then I'm sure George Lucas can throw some money into like a visual effects school or that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Well, you remember when he said that when he was retiring and selling the company, he said he was going to start making his own independent films that no one would ever see. So he, he actually said, did it. Red Tails, didn't he? That that was before. Was it? Yeah, that was that was under Lucasfilm. But apparently he has made at least one film since selling Star Wars. And he has only showed it to his friends. And it's an independent production. He hired everyone out. But it's like, what is, what is he making out there at his home? What is he doing in his backyard? You know, <laughs> I'm so curious. Okay, we have a casting from someone for young Count Dooku. Yes. Lando Ferrando says Nicolas Cage which would play young Dooku. Nicolas Cage crazy eyes. Could you imagine? <laughs> I don't I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. But thanks for sharing. <laughs> Did you see the new George Lucas interview with his wife? Questions were from teenagers and he talked about Star Wars. Watched it this morning really good. So I have it saved. I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of shocked that no one has seen it. It's been out for like six months and we're just now starting to find out. And it kind of made me upset when I saw it because I was like, really? He's talking to a bunch of kids that don't even know who he is probably. And all of us are like, we're like eager to hear him talk about like Star Wars again. And I don't know. Did you see that, Luke? Did you see his new interview? I didn't know. Um, I didn't know he did an interview with his wife. I don't. I don't understand why it's taking so long. Uh, but it's that thing. I think with him, he knows they're not going to know who he is, so the the questions can for him. I think easy to answer because people like us froth at the mouth. What's it like to write Star Wars? Kind of thing. Um, they're going to ask him. I think because in his head, and it is like a kids thing. It's the right. It's the right age group because they have that natural curiosity. They don't have this like in this episode at this time stuff. Why didn't this character think this? Like, they don't have that nerd quality, which is like sometimes a bit over analyzing and taking it too seriously. Um, right. I think for him, he knew he knew what kind of interview he wanted to do, and he thought, Do I want people giving us like writing tips on your movies, or do I want kids just asking questions? 
Yeah, about yeah, PS4. that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch it. So thanks for asking, Lando. We'll probably have a, a show dedicated to like some of his comments. So um, Josh said something that made me want to share something here. George is definitely sitting pretty. I just wish he didn't look so bored about it all the time. You're right. George Lucas always looks like bored or depressed in photos. Have you guys seen the picture of him sitting by himself at a mall food court? No. No? Okay, let me show you this. <laughs> he looks so sad, like they got his order wrong or something. <laughs> let I me... wanted cheese. <laughs> let me figure out how to share it here. Okay, check this out. Can you see it? Yeah. Look at that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look how sad he looks. Let me see if I can zoom. I've got all the money in the world, but I can't have a decent meal. What? Look at him. <laughs> Why does he look so sad? <laughs> Poor guy. He's thinking this lasagna is shit. I know, right? <laughs> looks like he just had like a rough night out on the town. Anyway. <laughs> he's hung- maybe he's hungover. Maybe he's just like... <laughs> Could you imagine? Woo! I would love to have a conversation with drunk George Lucas. He probably wears Jar Jar's head as a hat. Like the actual <laughs> model. Like, do you remember when I wrote Star Wars? I made you, motherfucker. <laughs> Jar Jar is the key to everything. He's the drunk as fuck. <laughs> All right. Lucas always looks like some regular dude wishing he was anywhere. <laughs> he looks like a retired lumberjack. <laughs> yeah. Salacious says the creator has his own crack team of monkey lizards that look after his security they're always off camera but ready to pounce are you one of them salacious is that one of are you one of them okay so let's let's transition into our main topic because i know that's why a lot of people are actually here so we're talking about the marvelification of star wars and most specifically about the possibility of this happening the appearance of grand admiral thrawn in the Star Wars cinematic universe. Now, the Mandalorian, when it came out, changed everything, especially with season two, which not only introduced beloved animated characters like Ahsoka or Bo-Katan and made them live action, but it also ended with a major teaser for the Book of Boba Fett. And of course, last month, I'm sorry, not last month. In December, we got the huge announcement with all the new shows that are coming. And, you know, Kenobi, Rangers, Visions, all this stuff. And it really feels like they're building into this new MCU-like take, but for Star Wars. So if we're looking at the time set after Return of the Jedi, five years after, that's when The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka, and Rangers of the New Republic all take place. And it's most likely that they will all connect when they're all released. Now, going 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, prior to all this information, is when Kenobi, Lando, and Andor are all going to take place, and they will possibly connect as well. So we might be getting this shared cinematic universe, both a prequel and like a sequel and all of these stories all of these shows have one thing in common and it's that they revolve around the events of the Skywalker saga so in a way this rem- resembles the MCU's how they categorize phrases 
similar. So like the Lando Andor, and Kenobi series is kind of like phase one Mandalorian and et cetera. Ahsoka, those are all kind of phase two since they're different time periods. Now the big theory, the big question why we're all here is that will all these stories lead up to an Avengers like event against a main villain, most notably probably Thrawn. Now, during Obi-Wan, for example, at this point in history, it was, it was, it's going to be between Anakin and Vader. And Thrawn has a relationship with Anakin and Vader. So it'll work in that sense. Thrawn was mentioned in The Mandalorian. So it works with that time period as well. So it could all connect. Now, in, in the books, I don't know if you guys have read it, the Thrawn series is my favorite of all the novels of Star Wars. It's the, well, it's the only ones I've, I've read all the way through, actually. But he actually identifies with Vader and respects him as well as he does Anakin. It's not clear as to whether he knows that they're like the same person or not, but he respects both of them as individuals. And in the Legends world and novels, actually, he partnered up with Darth Vader after the Battle of Yavin to find the Rebel Alliance base. So there's a relationship there, whether it's legends or canon, it's been established that it could be a possibility. And speaking about the time of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and all that kind of stuff, he's missing at this point with Ezra after the finale of Rebels. So he's definitely working on something out there in the outer regions where he's trying to figure out a way to fight back, building an army. And he's it's obvious because he's we see in the Mandalorian in episode five, season two, that he is working with small units all around the galaxy as seen in the episode with Ahsoka. So he's got to be building up to something, right? So this is my evidence to support this theory about Thronos. And I want to hear what you have to think about this, Luke. If you think this is a possibility, how you think it could happen. And if not, if not Thronos, who could it be? If a main villain at all, or are they just not going to do a major event like this? So what do you think? I think I never thought about, because <clears throat> you've got the throne book set before Rebels. I never thought about the Andor and the Kenobi and the, what was the other show that you said? Orlando. Orlando, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I hadn't, it's just for some reason, it's not my radar at all. Um, I hadn't thought about the possibility that those three shows could elude to Throne. And then he goes missing in Rebels, and then he's back in play with Mandalorian. Um, like the first Avengers ends with Thanos smiling at the camera. So we could have that. Whatever the culmination of Lando, Obi-Wan, and Andor, the, the, the end of that could be Thrawn being on his bridge with his Star Destroyer and then going to an episode of Rebels. And then when he see a Mandalorian again, it's just, so they have to be, I mean, they'll do it well because Filoni and Favreau will just do things well. But I don't know what his grand plan will be because if he's in the outer regions, he would know about Exegol. The, the, the power of Thrawn is intelligence and how he knows things and, um, if they've not seen Thrawn alliances, I really enjoy that book. When you Anakin and then Vader and then I've not read Treason, I think I've not read I've not read any of the Chaos Ascendancy ones or whatever it's called. Is it Chaos Ascendancy Chaos 
what's the title for the this, the Thrawn trilogy, the new trilogy? What's I forgot the title. Oh, the new one. Uh, I think it's Chaos Rising. Chaos Rising, yeah. Um, isn't it? Have you, so your favorite series of books is it the Timothy Zahn Out of the Empire ones, or is it the the original? The original novels. I've not read them. I've not read them. Um, oh, check it out. Heir to the Empire, the first one, is really different. It's really good. Do we think Thrawn builds the First Order? That's from Josh in the chat. Okay, good Boston. question uh, there. We, well, we do know he has a very strong relationship with Palpatine. Mm. He's in the Outer Rim, <clears throat> which is where First Order was constructed. So it's possible. And it's possible that he started it and then Palpatine realized he was getting out of hand and replaced him with his Snoke clone. And that's, that's why he's no longer in the sequels. So it's possible. What do you think about that? I really hope the, cause I liked seeing the, the back to tanks in Mandalorian cause it alluded to Snoke. Yeah. But the strength of these shows is that they are the old thing. I don't need to see. I don't. It doesn't need to be so overtly like Skywalker saga. Um, also, Josh has asked: Is a sort of going to die before the sequels to explain why we hear her first ghost in Rise of Skywalker? And then Lando has said, "Does Thrawn kill Ahsoka?" Someone, I don't know which filmmaker it was, but one of them quoted is to say, "Just because we hear Ahsoka's voice doesn't mean she's dead." But then, why would she not help? Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, Chicken Mildrew, thank you. Hi, welcome from Instagram. Nice to see you here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Max says, I think they will build up the Mandoverse with the Mandalorian, Book of Boba, Rangers, and Ahsoka, and the finale will be the Kevin Feige movie in 2027. Interesting. Interesting theory. So here's here's a... Some people are not going to agree with me. I actually don't think the Kevin Feige movie, he's going to have much involvement as he is with Marvel. He'll have a meeting or two. He'll have a meeting and go, yeah, that's a good idea. And that'll be it. Exactly. I mean, the the title producer is so loose. It could either mean that they were involved every step of the way, or it could mean that they suggested, oh, that character's hair should be green. And they get a producer credit. It's a very loose title. So at this point, with as the stuff he's been saying about his Star Wars movie... I don't think he's going to be as heavily involved as we think. I don't think we should get our hopes up too much. But I could be wrong. I think right. there is a Red Letter Media video and their count. They've got the, the, they hit on this point of producers so like loosely kind of such a... It's a title that's kind of put on people and it just adds in the end somewhat. Um, it's, it might be... It's either Star Trek Discovery it's Star Trek Picard, where there's like 25 producers or something. It just goes to title screen for you to produce. Right. And they're just, they're just kind of, it just, they're just trying to highlight like this is why you get too many chiefs because someone wants to be attached to a project. Yeah. But so it just makes a good point. He says the pressure will be on Lucasfilm storytellers to link up as much of these new stories to the sequel trilogy. To make more of sense of them, I think that's true. I think while the comics and books are kind of filling the gaps for the seven, eight, nine, I think Favreau and Filoni are aware of the divisiveness of it. 
And when you watch The Mandalorian, all these shows build up, it'll make more sense of that trilogy. Yeah, and they've said, John Favreau has said, the events of Mandalorian will lead into yeah. how the first like order was risen. Honor, and honor the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, I'm excited for that because I'd, I like the single trilogy. It's just potential. And obviously it's a movie and it's a money-making machine and the movies have to be a pop conflict and it's a big event in the cinema. And I think this TV show, like the Clone Wars enhances the prequels like hundredfold. Yeah, um, so I think these TV shows will... I've just seen a sort of in live action is crazy. Just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It was so great. And, and so I well. really hope we see Thrawn. I really do. So what What about... um? If this were to tie into a big finale event, a movie, for example, a big major movie event, as Max says, and possibly 2027, how do you think, will this be a theatrical release or will this be a Disney Plus release? Because I think the issue going forward is that if they release, if they released Endgame, for example, why, with everything they have put out before just on a streaming service, it would not have been as successful. And I fear that might be the same issue with Star Wars as well. Everyone can watch Disney Plus, but not everyone can go to the theater. And mm. if they go to the theater, because those are kind of like a luxurious date type event, you, you, know, you can't do it all the time, and they see a story that they don't have any context for, I don't know. That's It's kind of... It's why it kind of makes it unlikely for myself. I think if they do anything, it will all come together on Disney Plus and not in like the movie theaters, which is a shame because that's what I would prefer. But what do you think about that? I have thought about this as well. I remember Game of Thrones, I always thought, I'd be like, oh, imagine if the end of the show in the cinema. Um, but. If they did this, if they did, it would have to be Disney Plus or the cinema. What they couldn't do is have The Mandalorian on Disney Plus and then have the culmination movie be the £20, $30 thing because then you would lose people completely. You would, you would Because you see it, the people, thanks for paying for the service. We've given you this show, but we're going to charge you an extra money for this extra right. kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and then with those limited releases, like Rear the Last Dragon, it was out on Disney Premier a few like the other week, and then it's going to be on Disney Plus regular in the summer. You've got like months of time where things could be spoiled. They can't risk that, and this the cinema to see it, but fans will go to the cinema regardless to see it and get the information, not get it spoiled. I think if the Mandalorian is going to be in Disney Plus, I think they would honour that by ending the event thing on the Disney Plus streaming service. I think it's interesting. It's interesting, interesting that the streaming TV shows have become the main story and the movies are almost side projects because we know nothing about Taika Waititi's movie and then we've got um, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie. It's all, they will be things you would expect on a streaming service and The Mandalorian or Bone will be on the cinema, but it's flipped. It's the priority in terms of the viewership's flipped. Yeah. Um, just let me shout out everyone watching live. Thank you so much. If you're on, if you're watching this on Facebook, please give it a like. If you're watching it on YouTube, there's 10 of you here. Please like the video. I would like to see 10 yeah. likes on the little thumbs up button. So please do that for me. It helps out so much. And then of course, if you're on Twitch, 
I hope you're enjoying. I don't know if you can like videos on Twitch. Can you? Um, you can. F- no, you can follow and you can clip. You can share, but you can't. Well, you follow. Can't, like, follow the follow. Twitch. Uh, yeah. I don't have any followers there yet, but... Um, well, to be honest, I haven't really promoted it. But yeah, thank you. Please like the video. Before we go any further, I want to take a quick second here, one minute break, and hear from our sponsor of today's video, Audible. And then we will come back and we will talk about Marvel character versus Star Wars character who would win. And I'm going to get Luke's opinions there. So here is a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Today's video is sponsored by Audible. Audible is an online audiobook and podcast service that allows users to purchase and stream audiobooks and other forms of spoken word content. And because you listen to my show, I'm going to give you a 30-day free trial to Audible. Just go to the link in the description below, www.audibletrial.com slash Han Talks First. My resolution this year is to read more books. They make you smarter. But they can also bring you closer to the things you love, like Star Wars. Now, if you're like me and you try to get your hands on every single Star Wars book you can possibly find, then you probably have the same problem I do. Shelf space. But it's not just about that. Audible is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. Audible has everything you need. Audiobooks, Audible Originals, podcasts, and more thousands of titles and you can listen anywhere anytime on your phone on your computer in your car and they're always launching new content and it's less than 10 bucks a month with the audible plus plan but like i said you can get 30 days for free with the link in the description below www.audibletrial.com slash han talks first it's time to start listening my friends link below enjoy so thank you, Audible, for sponsoring this video. Guys, go check out the link. It's really worth it. You can get a free month of Audible, uh, either the regular plan or the plus plan. And if you get the the um, the higher grade one, uh, you can do the free 30 days and you can listen to some of the High Republic novels. So go check that out. I want to point out something that Josh said in the chat, which is I'd like to see something about the origins of the Jedi and Sith. So actually, Josh, I did a video on this a few weeks ago, last month, I think, about... Uh, the Taika Waititi movie and how that is heavily rumored that it's going to be about the origins of the Jedi or the first Jedi. If you want to know more, go check out that video. It might even be linked in the description. I'm not sure, but I have a lot of evidence to back that up and about where it will be shooting. And it's a really interesting watch. So go check that out if you're interested, but I think we're going to get it definitely. Um, So let me ask you, Luke, let's do some uh, comparing between, uh, Marvel and uh, Star Wars characters. I did this once two years ago when I had an episode about the MCU versus Star Wars. And I kind of want to revisit it and talk about something that I think it was actually Josh Anderson in the chat asked me on one of the WandaVision episodes was who would win in a fight? Scarlet Witch or Darth Vader? Who do you think? See, if I hadn't seen Endgame and when she kind of pins... Thanos and almost kills him. I would say Vader, but I think one division doesn't know one one division. Wonder just Wanda doesn't know how powerful she is, so she would let her and get a better of her, and she would crush Vader's larynx. I, I said Scarlet Witch because she is the most powerful in the MCU. That was stated by Kevin Feige himself, and Vader. I believe is just as powerful if he had not been restricted to the confines of his suit. 
if he hadn't have lost his limbs, if he didn't have to rely on a, a breathing apparatus and all that kind of stuff, I think he would be the same level of power as Scarlet Witch. But because he is limited by the technology of his time, he can't win. <laughs> Those 1970s prospects. Jordan. <laughs> Do you remember it look like? Do you ever watch the like the first one and look back at how how funky that first costume looks? looks like you can see yes, fingerprints like on on his. Um, so what you would call a woodwork class, we would call design technology. Yeah, it looks like some students being commissioned to kind of exactly. You know, exactly. No one's put the helmet because you can still see the fingerprint mark and everything on the helmet. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me ask you another one. Okay. So here's a big one. Okay, so Iron Man. Iron Man, with all of his gadgets, even though he's not a superhero, all of his glory, who would win in a fight? Would it be Iron Man or would it be Anakin Skywalker from Attack of the Clones? It's a tough one, isn't it? What do you guys think in the chat? Let us know your answers. Who would win in a fight? Attack of the Clones, Anakin or Iron Man? Let's hear it. See, Iron Man's got that determination. Like he's got, he just will not quit. And look at the fight with Thanos. He, he just, he's got fighting them even when there's no fighting them left. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason I say Attack of the Clones, Anakin, is because there's a huge description, the um, difference of maturation and Anakin from Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. He's very hasty. He doesn't think things through. I think Iron Man would win, honestly, between those two. Yeah, because even if Anakin got on with the Force, he would use some kind of EMP. Zap Anakin. Um, I think it would be. It would be a cool fight, plus Iron Stark. <laughs> That's his brother. Iron Man would have a sword that would be able to defend against lightsaber. He would have some energy weapon. Um Anakin Skywalker, Tony's just a man like Batman. Yes, but if you've seen Donald Returns, part two, the animated movie, Batman, well, he does almost get killed, but he does a good fight against Anakin Skywalker. He does a good fight against... Um, yeah, and he, he brings up also that the Force wins. So the Force is a heavy contributing factor in this in these comparisons because what, even if a superhuman existed in the Star Wars world, they would still not be able to go up against someone who is very powerful with the force. Excuse me. And so that's why it's so hard to do this. But if we picked someone from star Wars who wasn't force sensitive, for example, Shmi Skywalker. If she went up against, Pepper. uh, what's her name? Peggy Carter, who would win in a fight. Oh, Peggy. <laughs> Doing a headlock. I know. Yeah. Peggy's pretty great. Tuscan Raiders are calling, bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> Who would be a good rival for for Thanos? Palpatine. Um Yeah. Palpatine. Now if if he had the glove, if he had the little gauntlet. <laughs> the, little, the little mitten. Um, he would. <laughs> I got these at Airstyle for Jules. Nice, the new girl. Um, because with the glove, he would fight Palpatine. Without the glove, Palpatine's gonna slap him around. 
Uh, yeah. Palpatine from episode three, that's when he's like, power, power. Um, I don't think he's winning. I don't want, <laughs> if he's the cravat wearing grandpa from episode nine, he's not going to win. I, I always find that so strange when he comes and he look what you have made and he's got a little cravat. He's like, right. I got a new smoking jacket on the way in. Well, <laughs> um, I, I think okay. Thanos would murder Palpatine with the glove. Without the glove, Thanos is doomed. Uh, <clears> I agree <throat> with that. Yeah. Okay, here's, here's the big one. Here's the big one. Korg from Ragnarok versus Geode from the High Republic. Which I've, rock I've would seen, win? I've seen some Geode. I don't know who Geode is. I'm going Geode. You, you, you never see him moving. He'd be so quick. He wouldn't know what hit him. <laughs> okay. Do you have any uh, like a fun comp- like a uh, battle you would you would pick if you had to pick any two characters? Um, Han Solo would be good against like what's his name? Born. I want to see a bone face, but it's not even Neil. <laughs> what is Neil? The in civil <laughs> bone face. Um, skull and crossbones. Is that his name? Nope. I don't know who Frank you're talking Grillo's about. Character. Who? Frank Grillo's character. He he's in a Winter Soldier, and then he's in Civil War with the mask on. Um, with the mask on. Frank oh, Grillo. the guy who works at Shield. Yes, oh, I can't remember his name, but I know Crossbone. who you're talking about. Crossbone, bone that face. Would be, that would be a good battle. Um, Han Solo versus, versus Bone Face, <laughs> and then maybe Boba Fett versus War Machine. That'd be good. Oh, that's a great one. That'd be a really good one. Boba Fett versus Bo- uh, War Machine. That's fantastic. You want to say Bone Fett? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everyone listening or watching the video in the comments below, let us know what major MCU character and major Star Wars character would you like to see go head to head? And maybe we can do another episode talking about that and maybe going into further detail. We are going to wrap up for today. I want to remind everyone again that tomorrow, 9 a.m., I will be interviewing Yessi Riviera, a member of Star Wars Rebels, and the actress who first portrayed Sabine Wren, the first official face character and Lucasfilm prototype for Sabine. You're not going to want to miss it. Come back tomorrow and listen to that interview. It's going to be great. And then, of course, we will be back on Friday with another live show with the first ever Falcon and Winter Soldier after show right here on Han Talks First. You're not going to want to miss it. Me and my lovely little lady talking about these two characters and what is going to happen next in the Marvel world. I want to thank everyone who joined us today on Facebook, everyone who joined us on YouTube, and um, especially those of you who come by um, on the regular. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks for uh, participating in the chat. And thank you for watching those of you on Twitch as well. Again, we were joined by Luke from Hoth Off Podcast. Um, Luke? You want to tell people again where they can find you and a little bit more about your social media and the podcast itself before we hop on out? Yes, so Twitter is at Podcast, and that is the same for my Twitch. Um, You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, all of the 
the main kind of um, uh, <laughs> my brain's fried because it's him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's brought my cannon head. Um, so yeah, so uh, I've got four sleuths on weekend coming up after Justice League to review that. I know it's a tangent from Star Wars, but I need to cover it. And then March 28th, there's no podcast that weekend, but I'm doing a 12-hour birthday stream uh, on Twitch, so you can find us there. And then April 4th, I have Brian Lissada, who's a new podcaster, and I want to interview him. Um, I've seen his podcast, uh, and he's just he's just kind of starting out. So I find, for some reason, when people are just starting out, I find it really interesting to get the point of views because they seem to have, people have this weird conception that if a podcast is not huge, that's got less things to say, but I, I find the opposite. Um, I like I like smaller podcasts. Like, it's much better to have a smaller podcast with an audience where you can speak to the people who watch every day than have this kind of, like you watch Twitch streams and got 60,000 viewers, like how can you engage? How can you engage with that many people? Um, but yeah, I've got uh, April 4th with Brian Asada. So, but in two weeks, it's 12 hour Twitch stream of me on my Xbox just gaming. Twelve hours. Wow. My birthday. Thirty-three years young. I will. I will definitely hop by and support you. Not for twelve freaking hours, but (laughs) twelve freaking hours, buddy. I'll Um, stop by and say hello. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Luke. You'll definitely be back, guys. Go check out his podcast. Link below in the description. And for the rest of you, thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful for all of you. This was episode one hundred and four, the fourth episode of season three of the podcast. And we'll be back next Monday with more Star Wars. And again, come by tomorrow and check out the interview with Yessi Riviera. You're not going to want to miss it. It's pretty fantastic. And she's a great friend. So thank you again. And now, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the Force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.